0: You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic with Dr. Heidi, a toxic relationship specialist. Here, we bring hope, healing, and freedom to those who have been affected by toxic relationships and emotional abuse. Learn to not only recognize a red flag when you see one, but have the courage to choose yourself and move forward in a life that's free from toxic control of others. Living in an environment that's not healthy for you can cause this type of abuse to be accepted as normal. The truth is, it's not normal, it's toxic.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back. You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. Rid your life of toxic people. This is Dr. Heidi, your toxic relationship awareness and healing specialist. Just a reminder, um, you've heard me say this before. I just want to make sure that everybody knows I am somebody who has walked the fire of toxic relationships in my life. I am someone who has taken my past and turned it into something where I feel like I can benefit to the lives of people walking, walking a similar path. I am not a mental health professional. Uh, my doctorate degree is in chiropractic and acupuncture. And so I don't want you to take the, this podcast um, and use it as a mental health podcast. Still find yourself a therapist and find yourself a counselor if you think that you are needing some support in the mental health avenue. Uh, that being said, I do a lot of education probably more than anybody likes to hear. Ask my clients, I probably do more education than they're wanting. They are sick of me by the time they're done working with me. But that was the piece that I found was missing uh, when I went through my recovery, was educating people on the character traits and how a toxic person operates. Not what they do, but why they do it. And then what I can do is I help you understand the toxic person, can walk you out of toxic relationships, through the recovery, into the healing process and onto the life that you've always wanted or tricky wordage here. Maybe you didn't even know which life you already, you always wanted because you've always been living the life that somebody else wanted you to live. So just to, just to clarify that a little, I don't know that I've mentioned it for a while. So for the new listeners, I just want you to know that. One shout out today, if you've listened to several of my podcasts, you might have heard me mention my dad. Um, I look to him for a lot of advice. I lean on him for a lot of support. He supports my work. He knows exactly what I do. A lot of my clients are on his prayer lists. He likes to send my clients who are open to it Bible verses. Um, he is a, was a dairy farmer turned prison chaplain. But the shout out today is it is my dad's 78th birthday today on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, He is not Irish, the poor man, but he always ends up eating corned beef and cabbage and wearing green on his birthday. So big shout out to the, um, from your biggest fan dad, happy birthday. Okay, what I wanna talk about today is, I wanna talk a little bit about something that you guys ask about in the support group. You ask me through emails. Everybody can Google this. I have talked about it before. I wanna talk a little bit about no contact, and I know this is something that gets pounded into our heads, yet its it seems like such an easy concept, and it's so hard to do. After I talk a little bit about the no contact, I want to talk about contact. I want to go through some of the things and the reasons why we stay in contact with toxic people, and even more importantly, why toxic people want to stay in contact with us. So to begin, um, I have touched on this analogy before in a podcast, but I want to read something that I actually sent it out in an email a couple weeks ago, and it was posted in the Strength Within group. If you're not in the Strength Within group, that is a private support group that I host on Facebook. So if you're looking for a community of like-minded people, Strength Within would be a great place for you to go. Anyway, I want to read this. Um, I had written this when I was trying to explain and make an analogy for why no contact is so important you are walking in the woods on a beautiful day the sun is shining but you know that rain is on the way just when you think you should head back you see a wolf and the wolf sees you you know if you make a move so will the wolf so you stand still in fear for a minute but you cannot do this forever You remember a cabin just down the trail ahead and think, if I could get to that cabin, I would be safe. So you run. As expected, the wolf runs too, as fast as you can, dodging stumps, ditches, and obstacles, hoping not to trip, knowing that the wolf is behind you. You don't look back, you just keep running. You can hear the wolf getting closer, but the cabin is in sight. You victoriously make it to the porch and in the front door before the wolf completes his pursuit. You lock the door, and who you are safe. You notice a draft coming from one of the bedrooms, and when you check, you see that there is a broken window. Knowing that the wolf is still outside and could come through the window at any time, you barricade the door to that room. Things are quiet for a while, and you know that you are safe as long as you stay away from that window. Just a scent of you could cause that animal to jump through the window in pursuit of its prey. You know it's dangerous. You know you are playing with fire. You know that the worst could happen if you went by that window. But you're curious. You want to know. Where is the wolf now? What is the wolf doing? Does the wolf have friends with him by now? Maybe he's moved on. Maybe he's just sitting, laying there in the wakes but you don't know the stress, you don't know, but the stress of all of it is killing you. You are aware of the danger, yet you wanna know. Do you go near the window? This is the same as no contact and why no contact is imperative when leaving a toxic relationship. If you open the door and stand by the window, you are at risk. If you answer the texts, you are at risk. If you answer the phone call, you are at risk. If you meet with them to talk, you are at risk. If you see them face to face, fear takes over and you succumb to the behavior that you have been trying so hard to avoid. Keep yourself safe. Don't set yourself up to fail. Say no. Stay no or as low contact as possible. When you are not in contact, the wolf will eventually have to leave and find its prey somewhere else. Are you continually going back to the window to see where he is, just to check, to make sure who the wolf is hanging out with, or if he's just sitting there waiting, or are you staying where you know you are safe away from the danger? I do understand that when children are involved, the approach to no contact takes a little bit different direction. That being, the only contact you have with them is over the topics that involve the kids. You don't give them insight into anything else into your life And when you communicate, you do so without emotions attached. It can be done, even if it feels impossible. Once you learn to communicate with them in this way, contact because of the children is not as frightening. I've taught several clients how to be in no contact or as be in little contact as you can, even with the children. So be strong in your dedication to no contact and don't go near the window. So I wrote that... Analogy, just so people had a picture in their head of how dangerous contact could be after leaving. And you guys have all researched the no contact thing. You know that that's what you have to do, but why is it so hard to do it? Two reasons. One, and I'm only gonna touch on this one, you have been programmed to feel like you have to respond and be there for the toxic person. The toxic person always feels more secure when you respond and react emotionally the way they need you to, and they've trained you to do that. So when you get a text, you feel obligated to respond. When they want to talk, you feel obligated to talk, not knowing that the only reason they're reaching out is they need contact. So that's what I want to talk about today. We understand the no contact, but why is it so hard to stay there? because the toxic person seeks contact. And from our point of view, we've left, we've divorced, we've cut off communication as much as we can. So when they have contact, it seems pretty innocent to us. You know, we don't wanna be mean. We don't wanna hurt them. We don't wanna be the bad guy. We wanna take the high road. We don't want other people to think bad of us if we're being childish or immature by not responding they just wanna talk, what harm could that do? Besides, I feel like I need to validate and explain why I left or explain why I've changed or explain why the relationship wasn't working for me. Okay, let's talk about all those things. What happened in the past when we didn't wanna be mean? What happened in the past when we didn't wanna hurt them? What happened in the past when we wanted to take the high road? What happened in the past when they just wanted to talk? What happened in the past when you felt the need to explain yourself? None of that ended up in a healthy communication exchange. Anytime you tried to communicate with a toxic person, it always went south. You ended up taking the blame, you ended up taking fault, you you sent a reaction out there that they were seeking so they felt secure. But again, you ask yourself, why would a little contact hurt? And I can't go no contact because of the kids. The thing that you need to realize with the toxic person is because they are emotionally abusive, meaning they use your emotional reactions to get what they need. All they need is contact to get a reaction. So while you're struggling to stay no contact or low contact, they are setting everything in place to stay in contact. They want the reassurance that you are not completely gone. You are not completely out of their control. And if they can just get contact, they have their foot in the door to cause you to react. Toxic people don't care if the contact is positive or the contact is negative, as long as they have contact. And you know as well as I do that when that text comes through, you look at it, you think about not responding, and then you feel obligated to respond. The toxic person knows that. They know they've trained you that if you don't respond, you're going to be in trouble. If you don't answer them, they're going to text you five more times. If you don't get back with them, they're going to call or show up at your door. You already know this because past behaviors have shown you that, but go back to what they're seeking. The only reason they keep pushing the contact is because they need to remind themselves that you are not completely out of, out of their control. Remember control, power, attention, and admiration. When they know they're in control of your emotions, they feel more secure. So here are some examples of contact points that toxic people use to stay in contact with you. Number one, in a divorce situation, It's the kids, right? We all know if we're divorcing a toxic personality and we have kids with them, we do not get to completely cut off from them because there always has to be the conversation about the kids' schedules and the kids' extracurriculars and the holidays. But what happens when they contact you about the kids? If you don't keep the conversation just to the kids, they try to sneak other things in. They try to mess with the schedule or ask for a favor. Or, this is a good one, tell you that you're not parenting correctly. Or if the kid has misbehaved or the child has gotten into trouble at school, they're gonna make sure that you know, we have to be parents on this and we have to attack this as a team. Okay, go back to thinking, were you a parenting team when you were married? Chances are, no. So when they throw out that we need to be a team and parent these kids, all they're seeking is to stay in contact with you to remind themselves they're in control. Another thing that they like to stay in contact with or an excuse that they use to stay in contact with is stuff. And I use air quotes when I say stuff because stuff can incorporate anything. You break up with somebody and you go get all your stuff, but you leave one sweater there. They will use the sweater as an excuse to stay in contact with you. Well, I found this sweater. Do you think you want it back? I can drop it off or you can come and get it. So you you make arrangements to go get it and then they're not there. Because the goal wasn't really to give you the sweater back because then they wouldn't have a reason to contact you again. The goal was to use the sweater to contact you and then not give it to you so they have a reason to contact you again. They specifically won't pick their stuff up from you because if they don't pick their stuff up, they have a reason to contact you about their stuff. So there's always, they're always looking to keep one string attached with stuff. Mail is a big one. Oh, I forgot to change my mailing address. I'm gonna have to swing by and grab the mail. Okay, you can change your mailing address online now. So that's no longer an excuse. Um, big items the bed, the motorcycle in the garage. Well, I don't have any way to move that, so can you just keep it and then I can come and get it? They always wanna leave something that's attached to stuff or keep something of yours that's attached to stuff so they have a reason to contact you. Paperwork is a big thing. They keep paperwork or withhold paperwork or make up paperwork or say they need something signed so they have a reason to contact you. The divorce process is a huge reason to stay in contact. I'm doing a lot of research for my upcoming program that I'm writing on you know, how to get ready to divorce, what to expect when you divorce, what things to ask an attorney when you divorce. Okay, when you divorce a toxic person, they transfer the control that they had over you into controlling you through the divorce process. So they're in the divorce process to win. They're not in the divorce process to settle. So they'll fight over the Candyland game if they think that that's gonna get them somewhere or they think that that's gonna hurt you. And there's always unending paperwork. You need to sign the title, over. You need to sign this for the bank account. I need your I need your signature on, on this, or I forgot to pick up the bank papers. You know, because when somebody says papers, it sounds really important, right? Oh, it's the papers. And we all like, oh, we have to take care of these papers. Well, if it wasn't a priority before, why all of a sudden is it a priority now? Any paperwork that needs to be signed through the divorce process, Your attorneys will tell you to sign it. Memories. Memories is another great way that they like to stay in contact. You won't have heard from them forever and all of a sudden you'll get the picture of you guys on your first date. Okay, what is the purpose of that? The purpose of something like that is to get an emotional reaction out of you even if they don't know that they did. They know if they send you a picture of you on your first date you're gonna get emotional, you're gonna be sad, you're gonna feel guilty, you're gonna wonder if you threw it all away, you're gonna think that maybe it wasn't that bad. Memories of good times, memories of family things, um, they'll say, hey, I was just here and I just thought of you. Okay, none of those types of things need a response because once you reali- when we when we initially get that picture of the first date, we go, oh, you have to remind yourself that they just use the picture of the first date for a reason to stay in contact so that they can elicit an emotional reaction and feel like they're in control. So there's all of these different examples of why they contact you. Um, Events, events are a big reason to contact you. You know, there's a funeral or there's a wedding or were you going to this wedding? I'm gonna go, I know we were friends, even though we're not together, are you gonna go to this wedding? Sporting events. You had tickets at one point so do you want to use the tickets together do you want to no no i don't i don't want to use the tickets together but they use the tickets as a reason to contact you um the drunk texts in the middle of the night are a reason to contact you and then you might get a oh sorry i didn't mean to contact you i was i drank too much and i shouldn't have texted you but what did it do to you when you woke up at three o'clock and got a text in the middle of the night your attention went straight to them, and you probably had an emotional reaction. Regardless if it was anger because they woke you up or sadness because you missed them, or did I do something wrong or do, do I feel guilty? Their goal was to elicit, to elicit an emotional reaction out of you and make sure you remember they're still around. One of the things that I've seen repetitively, and this is a story that happened to one of my clients, um divorced her partner because of infidelity, okay? And we all know they move from one person to the next because they're seeking to get their needs met. So she divorced her partner because of infidelity. Her partner now is having a baby and married the person that she divorced him over. But every time he comes to exchange the kids, he propositions her to sleep with him. Okay, that type of communication is their attempt to get you to react, to spur your memory, to think about the good times, to remind you that there's a history there. So even though it seems innocent, it's not. All of these behaviors are to keep you in contact with them so they can stay in contact with you. So even though we don't wanna feel like the bad person, and even though we, we want to take the high road, knowing that the only reason they're sending these things and making up these excuses to stay in contact with you is to stay in control. They don't care if you have divorce papers. They don't care if you've broken up. They don't care if you've gone no contact. All they care about is still having a foot in the door to be able to control you somehow. You know, we've been programmed to think we need to stay in contact. That's why no contact is so hard. We've been programmed to give them the reaction so that there's not conflict. Ask yourself, does this contact need a response? What is the goal behind this contact? Because even though you feel like you have to respond and that you feel like you have to answer the phone, I promise you there are other options. And when you, when a lot of times when they first contact you, it'll just be a text and you'll think, well, it's just a text, so I'll go ahead and respond. So you respond and guess what happens the next day? You get a phone call. Well, we did text last night, so I'll just answer the phone. And on the phone call, hey, maybe we should meet for coffee. So now you're stuck with the dilemma of, I knew I shouldn't have answered that text because now I've got a pain in my stomach because they want to meet and talk. Okay, the meeting and talking, is just a way to wiggle back into your life. When you go no contact, you don't want them to know anything about your personal information. You don't want them to have an inside look at your life, who you're seeing, who you're talking to, what you're doing. The goal of getting out of a toxic relationship is to get the toxic person out of your life or get the relationship to a dynamic that you are in control of your emotions in it. So this continually reaching out and making excuses to contact you. Another one just came to my head. All of a sudden, you'll just get song lyrics. You know, I haven't heard from you for four weeks and now I'm just getting song lyrics. Okay, that's, that's just an excuse to stay in contact with you. So if you're having a lot of these touch points where you're seeing some of this stuff repeat, just know they are trying to stay in contact so that it reminds them that you are not completely out of their control. When you get the contact, ask yourself, was that for my attention? Was that to get an emotional reaction? You know, and when, when somebody contacts us that we've tried to go no contact with, they know the minute you see their name on your phone, your attention goes to them. Our bodies respond the way they were trained to respond when we were in the toxic relationship. I always encourage you, change how they're programmed in your phone. If you haven't been strong enough to go no contact and block them, change how they are programmed in your phone. Because when you see that name that's always popped up on your phone for years, that has been controlling and manipulative, your body is gonna respond the same way it's always responded. But if you change the the word that they're programmed in with, visually, you won't have near as bad as response because it's not that reactionary response. And I have some people that put funny names in, I have some people that put emojis in, but just so that you change the way it looks so your body isn't so frightened or isn't so on guard when you you hear from them. Don't be surprised when they show up. You know, you break up, you think you'll never hear from them again? You'll hear from them again. They wanna control as many people as they can. They want attention from as many people as they can get. They want admiration from as many people as they can get. The more people involved in their life that are supplying them with those things, the more secure they feel. So your job is to be consistent, to be consistent in not showing an emotional reaction, to be consistent in not feeding them with the things that they need. And as soon as you're consistent, just like the wolf, they're gonna have to go find what they need from somebody else. But because the contact thing seems so blurry, we think it's not as intentional when it is absolutely 100% intentional to stay in control so that they feel secure. I know that the contact, not contact thing gets confusing because what happens when you go no contact? It seems like it should be easy and you're in a fight with yourself Your logic and your emotions don't match when you try to go no contact. So if you're not ready to go no contact, don't go no contact because when you block them and you're not ready, then you unblock them. And when you unblock them, you're saying, I set a boundary, but I took it back down because it really is not that important. So if you're in a spot where you're not ready to block, that's okay. Just know that when they contact you, evaluate why they're contacting you and is this a valid reason for them to be contacting you or did they just find an excuse to get their foot back in the door?
0: Thank you for listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. If your life is being affected by a toxic relationship, visit coachingwithdrheidi.com. And take our free toxicity profile analysis or schedule a personalized consultation with Dr. Heidi. You can also follow us on Instagram at Coaching with Dr. Heidi or join our private Facebook group at Strength Within. Take your first step to freedom today. And remember, it's not normal, it's toxic.